The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome everyone and thank you for joining the Intentional Spirit and because of you we are featured in uh, countries all over the world. We're so grateful. Well, have you thought about how to live in uncertainty? Have you asked yourself questions of how to have redefining moments that perhaps could change you? You know, so much of life is perception. Well, I have to say the radio show has allowed me the opportunity to make friendships all over the world. I was just at the Parliament of the World Religions and, and, and touch base with many of those people who represent faiths and ideas and concepts everywhere. And yet the radio show offers me also the ability to get to know the friends I already have at a deeper level. I'm proud to call my friend Dr. Dennis Merritt Jones. He was a Science of Mind minister for 25 years, most noted for all his energy in that he is an author of four books, writing another one, yes, get ready, and he is a featured article writer in the Science of Mind magazine, as well as a regular on Huffington Post. Welcome, Dennis, to our show. Hey, Sister T. Good to be with you and all of your fans out there. Well, I love having you on the show, and I love everything that you teach about mindfulness and purple, being on purpose. And that being said, you've been going through some real changes lately. Like a lot of people in life, you know, you've been kind of yanked up. Life has said it's time for you to have a spiritual relocation. Catch us up with what's going on. Well, it's been an interesting process, as, as you know. Uh, I'm, I'm sitting here next to you in St. Petersburg. Not on the phone uh, talking with you from California because my body uh, is now in St. Petersburg. But I have to tell you that, that my, my mind uh, and my, my spirit is, is kind of still trying to catch up with my body. Of course. Because there's been so much of a, uh, it's, it's traumatic to uproot and move. You know, physically, me and my wife and, and Mr. MacDoodle are 80 pound, um, 80-pound uh, Labradoodle, Golden Doodle, uh, Monster Dog. And it's been uh, it's been interesting to uh, 
to to remember to remember that wherever you go, it's not the destination as you, as we you know. It's a great metaphor. It's the journey that matters. And a lot of the time, along in the last year, the time that it took to get here, I have to admit there have been times when I went a little bit unconscious, and uh, I'm just now with with my body in my mind coming together in St. Pete, I'm starting to get a breath and really appreciate being here rather than trying to get here. And that's a great metaphor for life. I wonder how many of us are so busy trying to get someplace we forget to be where we are and on the journey and enjoy it. Well, it's a huge thing because it's like we say all the time, it's one thing to pray and call something new in. Or to affirm, or in science of mind, we would say we treat, and then we move our feet, feet, right? But in that particular space, it's one thing to call something in, but yet there's that immense domino effect of what needs to be developed within us. Um, Because this is a big giving you full credit. I mean, aside from outside of L.A., coming to laid back, <laughs> St. Petersburg, Florida, it's quite a shift, isn't it? It, it is, in, in many, many ways. It's a different culture. Uh, it, the, the lifestyle is different. The pace down here is different. The traffic on the freeways is different. You know, it's just, certainly the climate's different. And so... Well, I know, and that's one of the reasons that I wanted to do this show, Dennis, is because we, we say that in our spirituality, we don't live in a world of rules. We live in a world of tools. We live in a world of, you know, being gentle with ourselves. And that's what I admire about you is that as, as spiritual leaders, I mean, we all face certain things. But I think it's important that we highlight for people out loud tools that we use that are supportive and helpful and you were sharing with me that you've developed quite a mantra for yourself that's kind of walked you through these recent times i i I printed it out this morning actually i actually posted this on my facebook post this morning with a a thought about the uh the serenity prayer i'm unfolding this as we speak Uh, this has become a mantra for me uh in the last uh a couple of days because I found myself going rather unconscious. Uh, I mean that emotionally and uh, uh, spiritually because there was so much involved in just reorienting, getting set up here that I became, I know I I was able to observe myself becoming quite attached to controlling things that I realized was making me uh, suffer quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And as, as we know, uh, that which we're attached to controlling ultimately does cause us to suffer. And so the, the serenity prayer really worked. Uh, I started uh, really using that as a mantra uh, in the last day or so, and it's really helped bring me into alignment with um, being where I am rather than uh, where my mind thinks I should be. Because where my mind thinks I should be and where my body is, is often two different things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and what I, you know, the serenity, serenity prayer, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and, and, to, uh, and the wisdom to know the difference. My awareness is that before I can accept and have courage and wisdom about those things, I have to be able to access serenity. Because <laughs> serenity is like the window for uh, that prayer. And I realized in the last, uh, gosh, 
a few months that my life has not been serene. And, and so the call for me is to really get back to, and I have to ask the question, what is it that's causing a lack of serenity in my life? And the answer is my daily disciplines, meditation, um, mindfulness practices, the things that for so long have been a, a lifestyle for me. In the process of going through this move, I had to uh, put other things in a position where I thought were priority. And as it turns out, nothing more important. There's absolutely nothing more important than serenity, inner peace, mindfulness, and being present in the moment in your body, rather than where your mind thinks you, your body should be. You know, that's a, a very strong point. Um, and I know that there are people that are listening. Um, there's Mary going through the divorce. There's Sean going through um, one of his biggest health challenges ever. Um, there are other people that are going through geographical relocations. Yeah. There's people that are facing um, moving back with their families. There's grandparents that are now facing that they wind up raising their yeah. grandchildren. Yeah, and I think that the point that you're making is something that is so right on point I've seen it many times. I've certainly seen it with myself. Is that we'll have this new whatever it is. And the word opportunity is that word unity. We have this new thing that we're facing. And when we go to face it, we often set aside some of the practices that we know are really the practices that brought us to that change and that unfoldment in the first place for the good. But we tend to drop, you know, so much of that. A perfect uh, example of that is a person that goes to quit smoking. You know, it's like they'll drop their exercise, they'll drop this, they'll drop social thing or whatever, and and yet they're not doing enough things that they sit around going, I'm bored, I need my friend back, my little smoking wand, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. And, but that's exactly on point. What you're talking about is when you're going through change, not only do you want to keep the practice of what has brought you to that emerging self, you could even add a couple more in, is what I'm hearing yeah. you say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Endless, endlessly. I, my, my awareness is that, you know, one of the, the biggest practices, longest time practices that I've uh, used in my life that has made the most difference is mindfulness. Mm-hmm. And Mindfulness is simply remembering to remember to be present in the moment, to bring your, your, your mind back into your body. And and in all the different situations that you uh, just illustrated, regardless of where we are or what's going on in our lives, our minds have a tendency to run out in front of us or sometimes drag behind us in, in attachment to what should be or what was but isn't. And and we have no power there. The only point of power we have is to bring our minds back into the present moment. And whether we're going through a relationship challenge, uh, I know uh, several people who are going through the process of losing loved ones to their transition. Uh, everyone listening has got some transition of some sort going on in their life where something's coming or going uh, that either you want it to uh, and it's not happening fast enough, or you don't want it to, and it's happening too fast. And we have to be able to presence ourselves in a way that 
gives us the opportunity to stand back and be the witness of that rather than being attached to it. Mm, that's, that's really powerful. It, it comes to mind of um, a friend of mine. I just went to visit her this morning. She's 93. Mm. And from the capacity of her mind um, and most of her body, she can run circles around a 50-year-old, literally, mm. and recently developed a bowel uh, leak, and they've they've elected not to do surgery. She physically, her structure is too small, and so she's having hospice come in, and that has been a whole experience for us because you know, um, in life we need to look at the words and what power words carry, and so in sharing with her, it's like hospice used to be the word that meant yeah. you're on your way out, yeah. you're dying. Right. And, we're, and we're all going to die, whether we still are surprised by it or not. But, you know, somebody mentioned the word hospice, everybody go, oh, that means you're going to die. Whereas now the hospice that we know is both and, and that they also do home care. But we were talking about how the first time someone came, you know, they said, have you been thinking about dying? You know, how do you sit with death? And she went, They were talking to me like I'm going to be gone in three or four days. And I said, you have always been a practicing religious scientist. You have always been in the world, but not of the world. Don't start fitting yourself to fit a form while they're asking you to fill out a form. That's all it is, is a form, right? And they have to do this. They carry the same script to every door, and they say, check. I asked those questions, and I found out how they felt because of liability, coverage. I did my job right. But I said, here's the thing. What you've been practicing all your life has brought you to being 93, being able to run circles. Let's don't sacrifice our principles now. Right? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And how often yet do we allow other people to write our script? Oh, you're good. We invite them yeah. to tell our story for us rather yeah. than create our own story. And the minute that we do that, you know, we're, we're giving our power away. And we allow people to put labels on us. And you're right, hospice is another label. Uh, we get to determine what that mm-hmm. looks like. And, mm-hmm. and where else in our lives are we allowing other people to put labels on us that we then live up to or sometimes down to? Um, so, so your, your point is really great about uh, the hospice example. Well, you give so many examples of that in um, your book, your Redefining Moments, which, by the way, if you haven't ordered that book, it's excellent. We used it here on campus for our seven-week program. It truly transforms people's lives in that we see how many people that carry around certain stories and some of them they haven't even lived through. Somebody else told them a story that told their grandmother that told their cousin a story. And there's just stories that are being carried around that aren't even pertinent. Tell yeah. us, kind of create the premise of the book, and then we can do some uh, well, conversation the, the, around that. The, the subtitle of the book, <coughs> the subtitle of the book is as important as the title. The title is Your Redefining Moments, and the subtitle is Becoming Who You Were Born to Be. Mm-hmm. And so... The whole premise of the book is that uh, the moment you were born, the moment you were incarnated, you, you your, your soul nature slammed itself into this little physical body, which then, the minute we were born, began to get labels placed on it. 
beginning with our gender, ethnicity, age, social security number, and, and the labels continue to go on and on and on as we grew older. And the more labels that were, that were slapped on us, the more we forgot about that divine, unique gain we were the moment we were born. Mm. And because uh, we live in this physical world, uh, we, and certainly as children, are not always cognizant of how the labels are placed on us, so we take them as the truth, and we live in them. And pretty soon, we get to an age where we're living out of the definition of, we, we define ourselves by the labels that are put on us by others, or we put on ourselves. And and at some point, if you want to, you can have a redefining moment, which is just a space and time where you get conscious enough to challenge the beliefs around the labels that, that you wear that uh, may not be serving you in your highest and best good today. So any moment can be a redefining moment when you're cognizant enough in the moment to, to stop what's going on in your mind and say, hey, wait, what's the truth about this? And you can back into the truth by challenging the effect. So redefining moments are... Are happening. They're, they're, they're every moment of the day offers us an opportunity to stop and look at what's going on and perceive it differently and to dive inward and connect with that deeper place within that knows who we were the moment we were born, but it's kind of gotten covered over. We've, you can say we've fallen into spiritual amnesia. So... Uh, Becoming who you were born to be, it's not about becoming somebody you're not already. It's about redefining yourself as it. It's not about discovering anything. It's about uncovering that which has been covered over. I love that. It, there's a couple of things that come to mind. Um, one would be that um, Meister Eckhart said that spirituality is really, rather than addition, it's subtraction. Right. Kind of like the chipping away of the marble to right. make um, David. We've all heard that story of how the statue of David was created. I saw it, I envisioned it, and I chipped away what didn't belong. But I love the story. I don't know if you've heard it. It's about um, a neighbor, a, a woman observing that she had new neighbors move in. And it was a spring day, and the, the woman of the house next door decided to hang out her laundry. And so the woman said to her husband, I don't know about our new neighbors, the clothes, that she's hanging up those clothes and they're not even clean. And the husband goes, you're kidding. You know, and they look and, yeah, they're not even clean. Must not be using Tide. So another time, you know, another week, and they're, she's hanging out those clothes again. And she said, they're, that is the weirdest thing. You would think by now somebody would know how to really wash clothes. <laughs> what kind of neighbors are they? <laughs> so one morning around br- uh, brunch time, there they are. And she goes, oh, they must have got the right kind of fabric wash because, look, the clothes are now clean. And her husband looked at her and he said, I washed the windows this morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. It's, a, it's a powerful the, the thing. Of perception. Yeah. yeah, the window uh, that we carry is a window that, that we have. I was just, in speaking about the Parliament, um, Michael uh, Bernard Beckwith spoke about, and I love this, he says that uh, the planet and the world are two distinct, very different things. 
The planet is the water, the trees, the mountains, and the Gaia. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's just, it's the planet. The world is the place that you and I stand. We can be standing in the same place and through a window see something very, very different according to our perceptions and our beliefs. And I really, I really love that. That's powerful. And for those of you that have gotten those two points a little too amassed, you know, I would consider you to delve into the material that Dennis talks about and how to wash your window, how to have a redefining moment. It's a perception. You know, when I hear leaders of new thought, uh, Telling other people, I'm, I'm way concerned about the world or our world is crazy, it concerns me because we have lost sight of the world that we hear about is usually 24-hour news, which is not an accurate assessment of the world. What did the great teacher say? I am in this world, but not of this world. I am in this world, but not of and that's, this I think world. that's exactly what he meant by that. Yeah, it's exactly what he meant by that. Well, for that and so much more, I want to thank all of you for listening and being part of our show. It's because of you that we get to do this each and every week and have Unity Online Radio featured throughout the world. Thank you for your contributions and for being part of it. And while we're at break, go to Dennis's website, which is DennisMerrittJones.com. DennisMerrittJones.com. That's M-E-R-R-I-T-T Jones.com. We'll be right back after this short break. If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. He's the most talked about figure in history. How do you see Jesus? As a savior, a way shower, a mythical hero. In his cutting edge new book, Jesus 2.1, an upgrade for the 21st century, Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard explores the many human concepts of Jesus. The man of Nazareth has been an imaginary spiritual playmate for millions. Best friend, confidant, silent lover, surrogate father, brother, husband, Trusted king when earthly governments fail. All-purpose superhero who will save the day before the final credits roll. Jesus is like a program that has been adapted through the ages while the basic code remains undisturbed despite all subsequent modifications. Now it is our time to rewrite and reinstall the Jesus program with updates for today, just as every previous generation has done and every subsequent generation will do. The Romans killed Jesus for being a revolutionary. Every succeeding generation kills him anew by losing sight of the ongoing revolution in human consciousness that he represents. Explore the new book, Jesus 2.1, at www.shopunity.org.
benefits of spiritually conscious living start now. For a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential, tune in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with Rev. Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Rev. Temple Hayes. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for joining us. As you know, I'm talking with Dr. Dennis Merritt-Jones. He is a featured writer for Huffington Post, Science of Mind magazine, as well as many other avenues. Um, we were talking about, uh, I did mention when we first came on the show, the experience of Parliament of the World Religions. It was so profound with almost 10,000 people and over 50 uh, religious organizations being represented, that the Parliament has now said rather than every five years, they're going together every two years. Wow. It was life-altering. And, and one of the things I I feel, this is my, my own humble opinion, is that I think we're much past let's all get together and show we can be kind and sing Kumbaya together. Yeah. You know, I mean, if we're not there, we're in a lot of trouble. But this year specifically, we addressed um, climate change, war and violence, yep. um, concern of the earth, and those types of things. I'm really thrilled to say that New Thought is a true religion now. We are, because of five years ago, showing up in Australia with 350 people present. Wow. Um, it was really powerful. And we had several opportunities. Uh, Michael Bernard Beckwith spoke several times. We had a panel, as you know, which had you not been relocating, you would have been with us and a speaker. Our um, AG&T, our Association for Global New Thought, each of us took talking points. Um, My passion was uh, being able to talk about the animals and in spirituality, how do we say we're connected to that which we're made of and forget all the other things <laughs> that are made of by the um, the same spirit? Jane Goodall was there and uh, talked about all the things that, that she does to make a difference with children, young people. She travels 300 days of the year. Uh-huh. I, she exceeds Edwin Gaines. <laughs> and that takes a lot. Um but to hear people really talk about levels where they were passionate, uh, we launched a screening of belief, which, by the way, if you're not uh, TiVoing that on Oprah, on OWN Network, you definitely want to do that or find it on Hulu. It is so powerful. Yeah, it's, it's showing different yeah. sacred rituals. But um, the short of it is I feel that that people didn't just get together, Dennis, and go, well, that was nice. Oh, that was so fun. I, I, you know, I love that talk or whatever. I feel so many people walked away and said, 
which is what we're going to be talking about at 11.11, how to move that passion that it's just not a lofty ideal into a place of being a participant. Right. You know, making it mean something. They literally gave away a book that was Parliament of the World Religions, my commitment to when I leave here. What am I going to be for? It was powerful. Well, you know, we talk, it's easy to sit around and, and uh, realize, uh, you know, fantasize and talk about things that we that we want to manifest in in our lives and on the planet. Ernest Holmes had a great saying. He said, realization without application is hallucination, which means, you know, we can sit around and have all these beautiful realizations, but until we learn a a way to take it to the streets, to apply it, Mm -hmm. we may as well just be sitting back in a corner someplace uh, hallucinating. So how do we we move from realization to application? And I I think that requires each and every person uh, to take a deep look into their own soul being and ask what is mine to do mm. what is mine to do and why am I not doing it if I'm not well one of the conversations in this to me is uh, when we talk about an area of expertise for an author that came up so much and we had the Muslim we had the rabbis we had the traditional Christians we had the Native American we had so many spokespeople representing the color and flavor and energy of the world. But that being said, one of the things they were really wanting people to get, I wasn't surprised by it because I'm involved with Omega Institute, which does practical teachings and, you know, instead of just ethereal teachings and new agey kind of things. Um, they really wanted us to get that what we see on television is not the true window that a lot of Muslims are not sitting around occupied with hatred. The majority of them. When they went in to bomb certain places, those people didn't have a clue it was coming because they were in peacetime. I mean, and, and that was huge of saying that's why what we're doing is so important. That's why the work you're doing, Dennis, is so important because we're teaching people not what to think, but to learn to think for themselves, to make that assessment. It's like you and I said not long ago, you know, the chances of us ever getting bit by a shark will be herded by cattle before that ever happens because that's not, it's, but people know, uh, the news knows, if I put that on, we're going to get a lot of clicks. We're going to get a lot of advertisers. We're going to get funded with sponsors because People love shark shark stories. So we address that very heavily. Uh, Please get clear. Please think for yourself. Do your own homework. Do your own research so you know the truth. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's easy to let somebody else do our thinking for us. And and that's no more uh, more obvious than on the the news. People turn into whatever their favorite news station is, and they let the, the pundits tell them what to think. And then they just shake their head and go along with it, which is why I think we have some of the challenges we do uh, between uh, right, left, and center, and all the other places where people choose to position themselves. It doesn't have to be that way. Absolutely, and we need a 24-hour good news show, and 
for those of you that are listening and want to fund it, well, Dennis and I are <laughs> sitting right here ready to go with our microphones in hand. Um, but we definitely, you know, all kidding aside, we do we do need that. It would it would be life altering on our planet for us to have that, and that's why Unity Online Radio is so important and valuable because that's the point and what we're out to do. How do we live with this? How does it become an art for us in living in uncertainty? We have to become. Uh, we have to open our minds to the possibilities that, with uncertainty, comes change that can be initiated in a way that makes not only our lives better but the lives of others as well. So. Uh, Uncertainty require you know what, what's one of the first things when people step into uncertainty? What do they? What first pops up in their mind or in their, their their space? Fear, fear of the unknown, right? Who doesn't have fear of the unknown? How do you live with fear of the unknown? You make friends with it rather than than run from it. You turn and face it and embrace it and invite it to teach you what it has to teach you regarding. Uh, that which is keeping you imprisoned. That doesn't mean that the fears that we have aren't real, but it means that we can reframe them in a way that allows us to transcend them and move forward. I love that. What would you say um, is the practice that you were talking about the serenity prayer Often I call that place of vulnerability somewhere between the no longer and the not yet. I know what I'm leaving, but I'm not sure where I'm going. And that can be um, kind of an adventure, like what's the next ride at Disneyland? You can reframe everything Mm -hmm. to to see see what is through new eyes, you bet. But, you know, surrender uh, is, is a hard thing for any of us to do because it means letting go and giving up control. And here's the here's the newsflash. Get over it. <laughs> you don't have control over anything anyway. You have control over very, very little, other than maybe your next thought. Why is that so hard to get? It's so yeah. obvious we don't have control over anything. A guy came up to me and um, to the booth. I was out there for a few minutes, and he said to me, so um, who is your God? And I, I looked at him and I thought, you know, that's a very interesting question to ask somebody, you know. Uh, like, do you eat garlic? No. <laughs> Who is your God, you know? And I said, well, here's the thing. Until you can breathe by yourself and make your breath and, and release your breath, and I can do the same until then, I would say we have the same one. What do you think? That's saying? a good reply. You know, who's your God? Yeah. I was like, I've been asked a lot of questions in my life, but... Are you godophobic? <laughs> well, you know, but that's that's, right. that's 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 indicative of how much separation there is mm-hmm. uh, uh, with people that that we would claim that we have dif- different various gods, and um, yeah. <laughs> what can I say about <laughs> I that? I know it. I know it. How did you get? Uh, involved? Did you have a defining or redefining moment when you? started really calling your window spirituality? Yeah, yeah. You know, they say we, we, we grow, we evolve by one of two ways, either inspiration or desperation. 
Mm. And I'd love to say that my redefining moment came in an in a, in a instant of inspiration. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case. My, my life was on fire uh, when, when I discovered spirituality, when I discovered new thought and the teachings of Ernest Holmes. And um, for, for most people, I think their growth uh, spurts come through pain and, and uh, uh, those moments when we're pushed by pain rather than pulled by, by inspiration. And if we're open to the, the push that happens when things are, when we're stuck in the middle of pain or we're willing to ask the question, um, what, what can I learn from this? What, where's, where's the value in what I'm going through? If we open ourselves to, uh, gosh, I don't know how. All I can tell you is when I discovered new thought, I was watching television, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was I was channel surfing, and I was my life was in a horrible place at, the, at that time. I was going through a divorce, career problems, and I flipped to a channel that had Dr. Frank Richelieu on it. Oh wow! And the very first words out of his mouth were exactly what I needed to hear in that moment. So I paused long enough to listen to what he had to say, was on the telephone the next day sending away for information on how to study these teachings that he was presenting. And that was a redefining moment for me because when I was channel surfing that night, I paused long enough to listen for five seconds to what he was saying, and it hooked me. That was a redefining moment. So my point is that any moment can be a redefining moment if we're willing to be present with it and see what it wants to present to us. And, and be willing to challenge our current belief system. It's hard to do. Mm. Yeah, I I was uh, watching uh, the other night the the second best Mary Go Hotel. Oh yeah, that's the yeah. movie. And I I actually was thinking about people like us that love statements and sound bites, and there's no time like the present. Whereas in the movie, it's there's no present like the time, and that's exactly. You know what you're saying. That these gifts are coming to us all the, time, all the time. But how are we in our attentiveness to to grab the moment on camera? Actually, you know, mm-hmm. to video the moment of our lives as if we're really there. We're really fresh. We're really being attentive because they're they're all around us. Well, see, the problem is we're too busy grasping. You can't receive anything with a closed fist. In other words, we have to open and let go. We have to stop our clinging or grasping to be open to the gift that the moment brings. And that's where mindfulness comes in. Mm -hmm. To be so present in the moment that you're able to see the gifts that float by you and accept the ones that uh, have purpose and meaning for you. Mm -hmm. It, It reminds me of when you want to force a child to come to you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or you want to force an animal or a pet, right. especially cats. Oh, my gosh. You know, once they've got you, it's like, I'll see you when I feel like <laughs> But the more you go at them, the more you push the moment happening, literally the further you push it away. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. No yeah. doubt. One of the best practices to bring you, at least I speak for myself here, one of the best practices uh, to to. Make mindfulness a real experience is to track your breathing. 
Because you're breathing, if you notice, try not breathing for a bit. If you, if you try not breathing long enough, you go unconscious, right? <laughs> so breathe, t- taking conscious, intentional breaths will bring you into your body. It will it'll help bring you into the present moment. That's where life is waiting for you to show up. That's actually where your purpose is, too, in the moment. It's not, your purpose isn't five years down the road when everything's perfect. Your purpose lies before you in every given moment of every day. Wow, that's really powerful. If you're enjoying this conversation and you want to hear more, you can go on First Unity Spiritual Campus. Our, we are on YouTube, and you can listen to many talks that are pertinent and relatable to exactly what we're saying in the moment. I want to thank all of you that follow us at firstunity.org or templehaze.com. If you know of certain subjects you would like to hear more about, don't hesitate to email me, temple at templehaze.com, and let's get some of your favorite subjects online. I'm so glad that we have Dennis today. What he's talking about happens to be one of my favorite. You can go to his website, Dennis Merritt Jones. That's with two R's and two T's, DennisMerrittJones.com. We'll be right back after this short break. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find We now return to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome back, everyone. We've been addressing the art of uncertainty. We've certainly talked about your redefining moment. And this portion, we're going to talk about the art of being, how we learn how to be in that place that what is is, which is Buddha said, whatever is, is best. And in that space, I like to say, and also the best is always yet to come. You know, we're just now tapping into who we are now. We already know what we know. Let's learn what we don't know. Mm -hmm. And you talk a lot, um, Dennis, about purpose. And we use words interchangeably where sometimes all of us carry different beliefs about it. Define purpose for us and talk about it how to get it if we don't feel we have it. Well, the, the, that book you're referring to, The Art of Being, the subtitle is, again, equally important. It's 101 Ways to Practice Purpose in Your Life. Mm-hmm. And I would propose that, that too many of us think that 
something has to, we have to go someplace down the line in order for us to realize what our purpose on the planet is. And the reality is that uh, our purpose lies in front of us every moment of every day. You have to ask yourself this question, why am I here? What is my purpose for being on the planet? First off, you have to understand and believe that there are no mistakes. Infinite intelligence knows what it's doing, and you're not here by accident. You're not here uh, uh, by some mistake. You're here on purpose. And our purpose is something that can be realized at two levels. The first level is, number one, realize that your purpose, your primary purpose on the planet is to be a vessel through which, but more importantly, as which, infinite intelligence finds fullness of expression. That infinite intelligence, God, whatever you want to call it, moves through you in such a way that you lose your identity in it and you become a conscious vessel of it as it. And, and so you don't have to go anyplace or do anything to have the realization of your purpose to be that conscious vessel through which and as which infinite intelligence flows and in expression. Now, our, the second level of purpose is how we actualize it in our daily lives. And once we dial into the idea that we're here on purpose, we can begin to ask the question, what gift do I bring? What gifts do I have that would allow me to be that vessel of greatest expression on the planet? And here's the litmus test that I offer. That on our last day on, our, on the planet, on our last breath, we're going to be asked two questions. The first question is, did you love well? Did you love well? And the second question is, is the planet a better place today than it was the day you got there because you were there. And if you can say yes to both of those questions, you know that you have actualized your purpose on the planet. And I, I, I think part of it um, that you're talking about is how over time we may have um, like a common thread with the purpose. I mean, I recall my purpose between 15 and Hmm. 29 was uh, driving under the influence, not getting caught. Mm. <laughs> and that was a big, that was a big thing to me is how to master doing that. Whereas something that was causing me pain became then a purpose for better living, yeah. became a purpose as a messenger 28 years sobriety later of that it, it still involves the same subject, right. yeah, same but I'm person. using it in a way to make the world a better right. place. That's what happens when we awaken. When, mm-hmm. we, when we get conscious, we, we, the fact that we're a vessel for purpose doesn't change, but how we express it does. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and so that's why I think you know, spiritual practices are so important. Spiritual communities like uh, First Unity Campus, huge uh, place, uh, a community, or any spiritual community where you go and you become part of something larger than yourself, where there's a vision cast that allows you to step into a larger idea of who you are and why you are, when when you can actualize that, you realize that your purpose is uh, an opportunity to step into every moment that evolves as you evolve. You'll never arrive at your full expression of purpose as long as you're on the planet. There will always be more for you to do. 
more for you to understand, more for you to bring to the planet by virtue of your conscious awareness of who you are. But more importantly, why you are. You're here to be that vessel. I, there was some kind of process you used to take people through, and it, it was a reference of, are you having fun doing it? Do you recall what I'm talking about? Because I, I like that because um, I think that for me, um, as I continue to walk through life and life is, is walking through me, is that I have learned to just really feed my sense of humor. Yeah. And the longer I live, the, the funnier things become for me and or laughing at myself. But that's something that you feel strongly about is the ability to have fun. Yeah, well, part of our purpose is to be a vessel, an open vessel. And mm-hmm. joy, mm-hmm. is next to unconditional love, is the highest vibration of the infinite. Mm-hmm. Joy. Mm-hmm. And so when we become vessels for joy, we are on purpose. We are being that trumpet through which the Spirit uh, announces its presence. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And, and um, the question, am I having fun every day, is one of the... The, the processes that we talk about in my workshops, because when you're having fun, you're in the present moment, mm-hmm. and you can become a conscious vessel for joy, and uh, that's a, a crucially important aspect to fulfilling yourself. Uh, your sense of purpose is. practice that I've been doing over these last several months is uh, catching myself either in criticizing or a reference to something that really ultimately doesn't matter. It's kind of small stuff. And I observe so quickly how I get into my head about it or an old pattern about it, you know, needing to be liked, needing to be approved or whatever. But in that space, you shut off the love flow. So I literally downloaded um, in my speaker system in my car the song Let Your Love Flow by the Bellamy Brothers. You know, now you could sing it. Let your love flow (laughs) like a mountain stream (laughs) and let your love flow like the smallest of dreams. But it's so true. Let the love flow. And that's kind of like a guiding thing of am I in my head or is my love here? And that's a great question to maybe come to close your eyes is what do we do to prime the pump to let our love flow? Mm-hmm. What's, the, what's the antithesis of love? It's fear. Yes. Okay? Yeah. So we get a chance to really, when, when we're stepping in the middle of a mud puddle where there's fear, is to, again, face the fear, dance with it, and invite it to give you the message that it brings to you so you can transcend it. Uh, love is simply the awareness of the presence of God in its highest form. Fear is kind of like a cloak that we place over it until we learn to see through it. So we see that for everybody listening today. Amen. Is that you will keep your love flow. I'm Temple Hayes, and thank you so much for being an intentional spirit. Thank you, Dr. Dennis Merritt-Jones, for being on our show. My pleasure. His website, DennisMerritt.com. We are templehays.com and firstunity.org. Thank you for allowing us to serve you today. You are on purpose, and the world is a better place because you are here. Thank you for being with us. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit. 
Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. Tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Right here on Unity FM. The voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. As Reverend Felicia Blanco Cerce points out in her book, Do Greater Things, there is the potential for joy wholeness and expansiveness designed into every moment and the miracle is when we recognize the constant presence of these qualities all around us once we see what is possible our lives then begin to change this meditative moment is brought to you by unity Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Somewhere, tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. 
the teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio, words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find Benefits of spiritually conscious living start now. For a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential, tune in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practice, Practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Are you looking for help on your path to healing? I'm Lisa Campion. I'm a psychic, Reiki master, teacher, and energy healer. On my podcast, The Miracle of Healing, I'm going to help you on your healing path. Listen to conversations with leading teachers in energy medicine, quantum healing, 
and people who have recovered from loss and illness. Whether it's to take care of your own healing or to help other people, this is the podcast for you right here on mindbodyspirit.fm.